Hello, everyone, and before we begin today's episode, we have our Patreon shout-outs. These are the people supporting the podcast here. This little little basement dealio. <laughs> we got uh, Aperba, Lauren L., Hanson Screen Printing, Paul Campaneshi, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Rock DeGreen, Kelby Goodman, and we actually have two new Patreons supporting the show. We have uh, Greg Whalen, and we have Daniel and Kara Lighting. Thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast and keeping the lights on here in the basement. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We are of course your hosts, I am Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, we have amazing Wisconsin music today, Maritime. Yeah, Milwaukee. Right. On there, we're going back to the classics again. And yeah, so uh, be be sure to listen to that here in a, in a little while. Uh, our main subject today, though, is pretty uh, spooky. It is, yeah. I mean, uh, so a little piece of uh, of of old timey history from the Kenosha area about yeah, a s- something that somebody suggested to me, and um, it's there's not a lot of information on it. But yeah, I there think really it's a great isn't. topic yeah. to talk about, especially during Halloween season. Yeah, so we found a great article that we're going to take uh, directly from the Kenosha History Center uh, from their Facebook page. They did a nice little write up about it. Yeah, it's, and, uh, and you know, we did some digging on it. There's not a lot of information this is kind of the like this is probably the best source you can go to it's right from their facebook page if you got if you haven't had a chance like them the kenosha history center always posting great things on there yeah and and and, you know you don't have to be from kenosha to uh to really care because kenosha was a central hub uh, in Wisconsin for quite a long time. So We're seen in Kenosha. J.I. Case is from there. Yeah. Obviously, the first car ever made, Spark, was from there as well. And there, yeah, there's other uh, uh, vehicle manufacturing plants that AMC. came from that a- that uh, area. So, um, But this uh, particular piece is about an old oak tree, uh, uh, McCaffrey. The McCaffrey hang- hanging is what it's uh, uh, from, and, and uh, this is from uh, 1936. So we're going to dive a little bit into that here in just a little bit and uh, of course we have a beautiful beer review for you always uh, who who doesn't love this time of year in beer uh you get some of your greatest oktoberfest your box amber's box uh, and and all of those just seem to taste a little bit more delicious during this time so we're going to talk a little bit about a particular beverage and then we're also going to tell you a little bit about a how many locos <sighs> There's a uh, particularly wild story, as they Every always week, are. Yeah. <laughs> Every, there's, Every. there's a few a day. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, Eric, did you want to give our listeners maybe a little update why we haven't been uh, recording here? I mean, it's kind of been hectic for both of us. Actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, for me in particular. So uh, my wife and I decided to uproot from our home in Muskego and we moved to Waukesha. And so the uh, with that, then we had to move the studio. So... Um, we tried very hard to to establish a uh, a makeshift studio 
uh, for the episode last week. It just didn't work. We had a lot of technical uh, difficulties and, and uh, you know, we don't want to produce something that's, that's lower quality. So uh, here we are today, uh, you know, just uh, another week uh, late and, and, um, we're hoping that all of you still stay tuned and, <laughs> yeah, and, and still listen, it. keep with it. So that's, uh, that's my story, Russ. You've got oh, some man. particularly been, horrible stuff. Yeah. It's, it's been crazy. Like, uh, lately, like, and I feel bad because I've never caused an accident, but I've been in multiple accidents that were other people's fault. So I have some crappy cars that, that I've just put liability on. Right. Yeah. So it's been too smoked in the year so far. And like people yeah. have had to pay us out like crazy. I was going to say like, the listeners probably remember your accident where yeah, you lost, lost my hearing, hearing and left. And, yep. Um, but uh, it was actually your significant other and uh, and and your daughter that that got uh, this one. Yeah, it was just somebody on their cell phone went through a red light, smashed the back end, destroyed the truck. But yeah, that was your truck, man. Your little baby. I know. I'm gonna miss her. So. Uh, I'm going to write a country song about it later. I was just going to say, you should probably write something about it. Uh, but we'll, this will serve as a reminder to everybody. Uh, hey, when you're behind the, the wheel, uh, just pay attention to, to to the driving aspect of things and, and worry about your conversations and stuff later. I, I get that you're, that all of our cell phones serve as a lot of uh, multiple purposes, uh, GPS, the music, and all that stuff. And then they're obviously just a microcomputer in your pocket. But... Um, You'd rather get places safe, and you'd rather not have uh, the the insurance aspect because now that you know that individual that that hit your your significant other, um, their insurance rates are going to go through the roof at least for the next probably five ten years, um, and, and that's bad. Yeah. You know, I think we all we all know that insurance is already a uh, uh, they're robbing us. I mean, it's an it's an absolute scab that we have to pay every time. But yeah. Um, You'd, you'd rather not have those things. so and, and we really don't want to create a new segment on the show called How Many Texts Are You At? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, what were you texting when you got into an accident? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so just uh, just as a, you know, as a reminder, don't drink and drive, but also you know, just pay attention to the road. You're basically driving like a, a one-ton bomb every time exactly. you're doing it, and that's just not safe. So, And then, as always, remember, if you guys have a chance, uh, head over to our Apple podcast and subscribe. Um, yeah. rate review um, they've been really positive lately and we really appreciate all of you for taking the time to do that it really yeah. does help us out immensely and we really do appreciate every single thing we get yeah so take the time just go ahead and uh, subscribe or uh, or leave some sort of review uh, I know Spotify just recently started doing reviews and stuff too so uh, we really would appreciate it yeah um, and, and honestly like keep the suggestions coming like today's episode is actually a suggestion from one of our listeners and we have had we love these things we have had an influx of people writing in which is great because we've been at this thing for over two years and uh you know it started out slow with with individuals yeah uh, was... chiming in and, and trying to give suggestions and what i really love is that now you know uh, over two years in we're starting to get multiple a week messages about, I, I about bands or or subjects to to try to cover and and um i'll tell you what there's nothing uh, better than than to hear from the listeners themselves what they want to hear so keep those coming and we have a huge shout out to uh, don brody from the hill podcast uh, we want to say thank you so much for putting the commercial on your uh, latest episode about harry houdini we actually oh, had from, on, uh, on the last Appleton. two episodes yeah. she, she used our uh 
uh, a little uh, 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 commercial that we had, had recorded. And, and uh, yeah, Don Brody, uh, Hilf, that's history I'd like to fuck. Uh, another really great history podcast. It's, it's great. And it's so cool that the boys are broadcasted in L.A. I always like to She's think hilarious. Of, I, she is. She's great. And uh, I love her show. Avid weed smoker as well, which. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, we Wisconsin, support. Wisconsin, come on now. We got to get on the we got to get on the we got to get on the train here. Yeah. We got to move along and chug. Uh, another another way to cut, you know, into, uh, you know, uh, the the amount of money we have to shell out in taxes. Uh, it would it would go directly to a lot of that stuff. So, hey, Illinois is actually making a turnaround from that old green. So hopefully Some, one of these somehow, days, you know, somehow it was, Illinois it, dude, they turnaround. were rough. And like because of all the pensions they're paying out now, this weed's kind of turning around. I mean, great. The, the whole state of Illinois still sucks, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's not like I'm going there. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe just across the border to Sunnyside. Exactly. Wink, wink, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to get a, a, you know, a little bit of the smoky smoke smoke. But but at the same time, like I said. I think, um, you know, supporting other podcasts and having other podcasts kind of support us is has been really cool. So we've had a few opportunities in uh, in this last few uh, years to to uh, collaborate and and to support, and it's really cool. So um, why don't we jump right in then to Old Oak Tree and find out what the hell this is all about? Yeah, so this one's coming in from Kenosha. And like I said, we normally don't do this, but I think to get the most comprehensive, historically accurate article, we had to go right to their Facebook post, which is great because it's like fully comprehensive. The stuff in the library does like pales in comparison to what they actually wrote in this article. And what's really cool is that you're getting it directly from uh, you know, a, a, a center that is uh, all things Kenosha history. So they know the most intimate details about this particular uh, uh, hanging, you know, this, this, uh, this site, not only the site, but then also, um, I believe this was like the last public hanging that took place, you know, in this, in this town square. So, yeah, which is, it's pretty nuts. And like, actually the, the crime is heinous. So let's get into it. So the day was already a scorcher before the sun had risen into the sky. Thousands of people began making their way into Kenosha long before daybreak. Perhaps 3,000 visitors around the region came to witness the coming spectacle. And in 1851 was a historically bad year for Kenosha. The late 1840s were a period of great growth, but the building of Racine Wilmont Plank Road temporarily disrupted commerce to Kenosha itself, which is one of their main drags even today. Like you can still go down the old uh, Wilmont Plank Road, which was one of their main epicenters at the time. Farmers from the county were more easily accessing Racine's better prices and bypassed Kenosha altogether. And as a result, in 1850, the economy kind of grounded to a halt. The Hutchison affair, in which C.J. Hutchison absconded with funds belonging to those Kenosha far- farmers who still use Kenosha as a market, but great financial strain on the community, building ground to halt, debts increasing, the cholera hit hard, and by late summer 1851, things were worse. Michael Frank recorded in his diary that most people would leave if they could sell their property, exactly. which they can't. Yeah. <laughs> but no one was buying. A little distracted from something a, a lot of people would have traveled a long way to see, and this is kind of just getting you into the atmosphere of Kenosha at the time period when this was happening. Yeah. And it happens that a distraction that they were going to see was actually a public hanging, public yeah. hanging, which, you know, this is 1936. Keep in mind, uh, I believe that this is, or no, this is in the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. 1936 is when the actual hanging happened. Yeah. But this is the time where all the building was kind of going. Exactly. On. Yes. So John McCafferty didn't even have a name that anyone agreed on lacking the ability to write his own name. And variously recorded as McCaffrey, 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 
and others. It believed he was born in the northern county of Ireland in 1820. And at some point before 1848, he left his home and came to the New World. By 1848, he was in Southport. He considered himself an inventor and apparently believed he could build a perpetual motion machine, <laughs> which everyone at this time thought that could happen. Like you could come up with some kind of magnetic system or something that I'm going to tell you right now, right. Like you can make a, a motor run. But eventually, those those magnets will reach equilibrium. Right. I'm just throwing it out there as a nerd myself. Well, and and you know the fact that they write that you know he, um, he believed he could build a perpetual motion machine, and that he considered himself an inventor. I think that's kind of uh, comical because they're they're essentially trying to say like he was the only one that had any belief in himself and nobody else thought that he was an inventor. Nobody else thought he was a smart guy at all. Like yeah. this guy was actually just like the town moron and, uh, uh couldn't even write his own fucking name. But, but during this time, there was a lot of people trying to, uh, actually collect static electricity, um, things like the worm heights machine. And there's some other ones you can see where they, it basically has a crank and you're basically seeing sparks go between these two rods. Basically like a lot of people thought you could have, and like basically capture all the static around us and put it into like some form of energy and it's always free because it's always around which us. you probably can i'm sure somebody has probably come up with something that but it's it's probably so short term it's not something that you can do uh for a long term and then store it and and somehow then harness it like you're saying it's exactly but but despite literacy and increasing literate society, McCaffrey was skilled enough to earn a decent living. And in 1850, he was he had 800 cash on hand to buy a new brick home, which was built in 1848 in this trendy part of town today, which is like the 13th court area. And his neighbors were Presbyterian minister, Reverend Grildley and the wagon maker, Henry Mitchell. And just a few blocks away was Mayor Michael Frank. So he lived in a pretty nice neighborhood. $800 is a lot of money at the time. He had some pretty gnarly neighbors, right? And here's kind of where the heinous part is coming in here. And we're going to kind of talk about the crime, kind of what happened. We're going to learn a little bit about why he was hanged in the town square. Right, right. So McCaffrey married Bridget at St. James in 1848. And their marriage was a loud and violent as it was tragically short. It was testified that they fought regularly with screaming and sounds of things breaking. They had borders on their second story and a young Irish couple in one room and a pair of laborers in the other. Almost nothing is known about Bridget's life, nor is it known where she was buried, but we only know about her death. During the worst days of the 1850s cholera ep uh, epidemic, as penniless farmers were buying goods on credit and shop owners were worried about bankruptcy, tensions were high in the city of Kenosha. And on the night of July 22nd, the neighborhood probably was getting ready for their regularly scheduled McCaffrey battle. And at around 11 p.m., <laughs> what they got was the normal yelling and breaking of objects around the house. Uh, but then they heard screaming from the backyard. Oh, John, spare me, Bridget pleaded. Neighbors came out to see what was happening and saw McCaffrey going into the house with wet and muddy boots and clothes. They asked him where his wife was. She she's had enough. She's bad enough. He replied, she's which is not bad good enough. She's had enough and she's bad enough. Right. Well, she might have had enough, but that's what what in the fuck, man? I this know is this a gnarly battle. Yeah, this like. dude's just an angry. This dude. this this already sounds aggressive. It we're, is. I mean, we're not even I, we're not even there. We, we surpass the WWE. Here, yeah, so. this is like. This is pretty uh, UFC kind of shit here. Neighbors actually found her in the backyard cistern and a submerged hogshead-sized open barrel to gather water pump up from her well. Her body was submerged in about 20 inches of water. She had a deep cut on her head and bruises from being strangled. Alongside her body, the neighbors found one of a McCaffrey's shoes and his hat. Obviously, we know who did it, right? I mean, <laughs> you lost a boot during the whole thing. Not, not Your a hat got knocked off. It's in her. She's in her own cistern. Like... 
So there were actually no regular police force in Kenosha at the time. So the neighbors sent for Mayor Frank and he rushed to the scene and quickly ordered a, a posse to arrest McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey was taken into custody to the courthouse, um, which was only built a year. Uh, it was before. built that year. Yeah. I mean, it was literally uh, maybe only a few months before that, that they laid the final brick and put in the final bar. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the, so because the basement cells in Kenosha were uh, perpetually flooded, he was brought to Racine instead. Yeah. Um, and in November, a uh, grand jury was convened to assess uh, if McCaffrey could be charged or after two days of charging for first degree murder. His plea was not guilty. And he requested to be tried in a different county because he believed the origins of Northern Ireland meant uh, he would not receive a fair trial in the city. With so many from Southern Ireland, and after dozens came forward to attest that there was no real rivalry between Irishmen in the city, the request was denied. Wow. Pretty crazy. So the the trial was convened on May 6th of 1851, and the defense was conducted by E.W. Evans and A.G. Chat. Is it Chatfield? Yeah, Chatfield. But, it's weird that everybody's got like yeah, their first initials. That's all it always goes in the 1800s. Yeah. Late. Like, it's always E W A G fucking B C E P Sturgeon and R L Sorry were involved. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, but yeah. And, and so there's J.R. Sharpstein, uh, the state attorney general. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> Squire Park Coon and a local lawyer named Frederick Lovell, Evie Winton, was the district judge at the time. And some of the names might be familiar, as Kuhn would later become the first colonel of the 2nd Wisconsin Brigade uh, during the Civil War, but resigned after finding himself unfit for military duty and returned to prominent legal practice in Wisconsin. And Lavelle would actually lead the 33rd Wisconsin during most of the wartime service. Uh, A brigadier general of the volunteers for his service, he was a namesake of Kenosha's longtime GAR post. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're, they're pretty much Civil War kind of heroes at the time the one dude didn't quite make it but right. they were they were pretty big people in the civil war for wisconsin and i imagine you know it, it could have been due to his age uh that that he he deemed himself unfit uh, you know it, it doesn't seem like uh, there would be a whole lot else going on you know maybe physical ailments or something but um yeah you basically have to be ready to to be in some sort of physical altercation when you're in battle and he might have just been like, I'm too old or, you know, I got bad knees. Exactly. And so during the 10 day trial, the prosecution presented evidence for his guilt. The witnesses of findings at the murder site, a physician called to attest to the states of, of Bridges body. The defense hinged around McCaffrey's character. Despite being known to have fights with his wife, he was apparently a well-liked person in the community and was otherwise upstanding citizen. This was not enough to outweigh the general consistency of the evidence against John. And the jury deliberated for merely 90 minutes, which is pretty short that's time. Short. That's short. Yeah, that's not like an OJ thing. This is like, this is like we, we know the students get No, I mean, in, in most trials, obviously, the, the jury's out for days, not, you know, hours or minutes. So generally when, when a, a jury comes back with some sort of a, a, a you know, uh, an answer, you know, or whatever it, it, when they do that in, in within, you know, an hour or two, it's pretty un. it's pretty, you known. know, what's going to happen. It's pretty no, right. It's either, it's either guilty or not guilty instantly. I mean, but yeah, they ended up coming back with a, obviously a verdict of guilty and addressing McCaffrey judge Witt, uh, Wilton told him uh, that the passing sentence was the most painful act of his career. He then laid out a visceral detail of the findings of the, the court. McCaffrey had not killed his wife quickly in the heat of passion, but slowly and with deliberation. You must have felt her struggles. You must have felt her throbs. Wow. You must have felt the tremor which immediately preceded the dissolution, Witten said. With, with the considerate time in which to decide not to kill her, with no mitigating factors, there was no way to avoid penalty required by the law, which in this case was death. death. Yeah. 
The defense would file appeals citing errors in the process during the trials, which would trigger a mistrial and a new trial, but they were rejected, of course, and a new trial would find the same outcome. Uh, Despite the shocking murder and brutality of the act, necessitating a capital judgment, not not all of Wisconsin and Kenosha was thrilled about the prospect of hanging, knowing that death was the the only outcome for this individual. Kenosha's elite and clergy began a campaign to spare McCaffrey from the noose, led by the Scholes brothers. Which you may recognize the Scholl brothers. We did. We did talk we did about, Latham, about the Sh- um, Latham Scholls. Yep. Yep. Yeah. C, was it C. Latham? I don't know. He, yep. And at the level of government and uh, print across the small p- newspaper empire, it was futile. The governor set his execution for August 21st of 1851. It's reported that McCaffrey began seeing his wife's ghost in his cell. <laughs> but more modern minds have suggested Woo! that this may be a combination of stress of looming execution and the fact that the Catholic clergy was visiting it most daily to pray for his soul, but refused to join the campaign to stay the execution. In the early 21st century, thousands made their way into public places in Kenosha to await the spectacle around 10.30 a.m. Crowds gathered around the courthouse to hear orations from the local clergy. They kept their voices loud enough for McCaffrey to hear them. He had been having been moved from the wet basement cells prior to his execution day. The gallows were set up on a sandy knoll south of town. The most likely spot in the south of the intersection 14th and 67th Street between 14th Avenue and the railroad tracks. The tree was was consistently said to be approximate location of the execution through second half of the 19th century into the 20th century, where the executions were happening at the time. Okay, wow. The building on the left side was a, a Sullivan Becker machine shop, the currently home of, uh, in, is that in Cyclone? Is that how you say that? I think uh, yeah, it's in Cyclone. Yep. The famous tree was removed in November 1973 as Becker Incorporated expanded its building. At noon, McCaffrey was conducted to the gallows in a closed wagon, and he arrived at 12.45 and was led into onto the platform. Sheriff Allen, two deputies, and a Catholic clergy were with him on the platform. After playing, praying with the cl- clergy, McCaffrey was faced south in punishment read to the crowd. He was then allowed to speak. The crowd was quiet, and but morbidly excited. Right, and, and, and to be honest, you know, the the idea of, of public executions like this, uh, and in history, obviously, there are... I mean, millions probably, uh, or at least, you know, hundreds of thousands. Um, these are not things that, that people like to, to talk about, but the thing is these were a public spectacle. Yeah. These were, um, like, you know, watching the fucking Packer game. Like we are right now, you know, the, the, the Packers are playing right now in London, by the way, it's a, a early morning Sunday and, uh, Russ and I have the TV going on in the background of the studio here and, and, you know, but this would have been like getting up at 8.30 a.m. to watch the Packers, you know, play the New York Giants. Exactly. And, and so these people are essentially, you know, like the, like the article says here, morbidly excited. Yeah. You know, you would take your kids to this kind of thing. uh, It's just crazy, but that's the time period. They're hardened. All these people. And so here's what he said before he was hung. I was the cause of the death of my wife. And I hope my fate will be a warning to all of you. I forgive all of my enemies. I forgive the witnesses against me, even Mrs. Reed. <laughs> Mrs. Reed. Uh, who knows? Yeah, is that Jimmy Reed's mom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this was this was what was supposed to happen in any proper hanging. Five minutes before 1 p.m., he shook hands with Sheriff Allen. A hood was placed over his head and the rope around his neck. And at exactly 1 p.m., Sheriff Allen triggered a, sp- a spring, which pulled McCaffrey into the air. The crowd was silent and horrified. <gasps> The old gasps of the old <gasps> crowd. Oh. 
No one involved knew how to hang someone. This was the first time it had happened to a white man. The military had executed soldiers and the federal government had executed Native Americans, but no locality had ever conducted an execution of one of its citizens in Wisconsin. This was not what was supposed to happen in any proper hanging. Uh, pulling McCaffrey in, into the air did not kill him as they believed it would. Oh, I know. No. He held taut for two minutes before uh, shrugging his shoulders as if he was trying to die. He struggled to breathe for five minutes, likely twisting and contorting. As he settled, the officials and spectators waited. After hanging for over eight minutes, a physician announced he was still alive and his heart was still beating strong. Good it, God. I know. What a way to die, right? It took another 10 minutes of slowly suffocating for his heart to stop, and the physician would pronounce him dead. Everyone was silent and at horror at what they just witnessed. For over 20 minutes, they watched a man slowly die, which is pretty pretty nuts. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Like they said, this is not what is supposed to happen you're during... You're supposed to just... Your neck's supposed to snap. And I was just going to say, down, once, right? once the... And I think in, in most cases, I mean, they're saying that his body was supposed to be sprung up. But I think most of the time they drop a platform and he drops like 10 exactly. feet. And so, Didn't happen this time. Well, and I'd imagine, you know, th- that I'm not sure that they had perfected it at this time or, or how, I mean, and it sounds like in Wisconsin, this wasn't something that they did very regularly anyway. And, and because he was like an upstanding citizen, like me, I'm sure this happened to Native Americans, which yeah. is really unfortunate. And like African-Americans. And Some really criminals. bad things happened yes, to them for and, sure. And we don't want to talk about that, but at the same time, it's like they probably went through the same thing, but nobody cared as much because he was a white citizen right. at the time, which is messed up. Not, by no means Extremely. am I saying it's okay, but yeah. this but is kind of what crazy. caused the horror. That's crazy that, you know, the, the, uh, you know that they sat there for twenty minutes or so, and and uh, and and glorified this man's uh, death and 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 took any sort of entertainment in in watching him squirm and I know. and suffer. I mean that's absolutely ridiculous. And as Eric said before, C. Latham Scholes wrote, "The last agony is over. The crowd has been indulged." in its insane passion for judicially murdering a man. McCaffrey murdered his wife without the sanction of the law and has been murdered accordingly to the law. We do not complain that the law has been enforced. We complain that the law exists. Right. And I think that that's, I think that that's really the, the, the commonality between everybody is that, um, especially back then, uh, and, and, and even some States still now have capital punishment. Um, and, and it's not that the people aren't saying that, that they, you know, that they hate that the, the law has been enforced. They just hate that it exists, that you should uh, publicly execute somebody uh, for, for their crimes. And yeah, I mean, it's barbaric even for the time period. And, and, you know, and, and as much as, uh, as much as all of us hate the, the current, you know, criminal punishment system where uh, they're able to um, go to court for the, you know, the next 20 years appealing and appealing and appealing. And, and, and it costs, literally hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars to to finally put somebody away for life imprisonment and then for them to still be you know on tax dollars uh eating and having a nice place to live while there's people on the on the streets not not being able to eat anything um it sucks there's no there's no right or wrong thing yet and that's what essentially that last statement says you know we do not complain that the law has been enforced we complain that that law exists exactly and this time people listened only two years later the state assembly led by assemblyman c latham shoals banned capital punishment it was signed without protect by governor leonard farwell from that time until today the maximum penalty is life in prison in wisconsin right and and so you know with that being said we are one of of, of very many states that don't uh that, that will only give life imprisonment mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. that we don't uh, have this capital punishment uh, uh, available to uh, to prosecute. So, and there's actually no reasonable doubt that McCaffrey did brutally murder. His he wife. admitted it. He and said he I, beat her, choked her, drowned her. But yeah. the but the but the bulging of his execution was too horrifying for people to accept as legitimate punishment. Uh, there's a historical marker around the general location where he might be buried, possibly, and his right. victims' resting place is unknown. Um, and we we recognize that some of this goes against the uh, popular memory in Wisconsin, Kenosha. So we uh, like to share the predominant source that we drew from. And in this case, the Kenosha actually drew from the Telegraph from 1850 and 1851, and then August 12, 1966 issue of the Kenosha News, which is actually where this kind of came from. They kind of compiled it together, and that's why we wanted to present it in this matter, right? Because these are pretty legit sources. If you go to your Extremely library, legit, yeah. And if you go to your library and you maybe get something pulled from you, you're not going to get all this information. This is kind of pulled from multiple sources which is why we actually read from the article because i think it's probably the most well put together article this for the for this period yeah this is definitely the best composed uh known history of this event and like they said if if you go to the library you could pull up the august 12th 1966 issue of the kenosha news most libraries have that stuff all microfiched so you could literally take uh, and find just about any any news article uh, newspaper uh, uh, or like magazine published, and you can actually—they're not physical copies anymore, but they're, they're all microfilm. Yep, and stuff they've like all—they've they've all been microfiched and, and copied in. So, um, if you're really looking for a lot of those historical things, you know, like I know Russ, you've done this many times for our show, uh, and and visited your your public library, and then also public libraries around the area because you you live kind of in between. Uh, Janesville and Beloit and then also I believe there's a there's actually um, a whole bunch of them. What's the other town that's right there too? We got Orfordville over Orfordville, there. They have a little yeah. small public library. But if you do need something from another library, Wisconsin is a pretty good like library system. Here. They really are. And yeah. you can pretty much like if you want to get a card, as long as you have a state driver's license, you can pretty much go to any of our library systems and get a card. Like yep. I have one at Milwaukee Public Library. I have one for the all the Rock County ones. I actually have one we're seeing in Kenosha as well. I did eventually get one for uh, Franklin. And Muskego, because I previously had lived between Franklin and Muskego on the Muskego side, but it was so cool. The old house, uh, which, you know, I miss dearly. Um, I got married there for crying out loud. I mean, you you attended my wedding uh, in my own backyard and it was a beautiful a beautiful property. I, I, I won't I won't say any more about the the property itself, but where we lived was was so cool because you could be in Racine. Within a few minutes, you could be in Franklin, you could be in Oak Creek, you could be in Muskego, uh, all Bend, within two, Waukesha, two seconds. Burlington. It was like exactly, yeah. Just, Waterford and Burlington yeah. were just down thirty six. Uh, so we basically lived like right off of thirty six. We were like three houses away from uh, uh, County Highway thirty six. So, um, but the, you know, and and so v- really not very far from the site of this no. this hanging and. Uh, and so, you know, like Russ had said about the, the public library stuff, um, go and do it. I think there's nothing more that you could do better for yourself than to uh, to read or research some history. Anything that you're interested in, uh, you know, one of the, the major uh, focuses for moving to Waukesha was uh, one of our one of our first episodes in the first year was about Les Paul and uh, yeah, you write off Les Paul Boulevard. Yeah. And, and so this, uh, this town that I live in now, Waukesha is literally known as guitar city USA. Like we are literally built upon, you know, this, this uh, 
modern recording and guitar legends, you know, stuff. So, um, I, we wouldn't know that unless you know we we did some uh, some digging and some fact finding. And, and actually, you know, one of the cool episodes coming up, you're gonna have to listen to. We have some Les Paul and Mary Ford. We're gonna play for you guys. Yes, exactly. So the and, and those are very historical recordings. So thanks, Russ, for uh, for for going through that article for us. And and we really do appreciate anybody who who writes in and, and gives us these subjects to talk about. Yeah, exactly. All right. So now we're gonna move on to our Wisconsin music segment and. Uh, as we said before, we're going to feature some maritime. Yeah, so some classic Milwaukee. Uh, you guys may recognize uh, Promise Ring. Obviously, yeah. it's a huge Milwaukee band. I've seen them multiple times. I actually saw their reunion tour, which was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you guys haven't heard of Maritime, really great. Um, in kind of that indie pop punk-ish. Sure, post, uh, post-punk or post-hardcore kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, coming from the Milwaukee area, um, they play around the area. Also, also, they're kind of a bigger band now. Too. So they're yeah. kind of playing like touring around. I think they're still touring as well. Yeah. And I believe Promise Ring broke up around 2002 is kind of their ending. But they did have a reunion tour, which was pretty awesome. And I did get to see that. Um, but yeah, this song is awesome. Milwaukee, obviously. You got to play it. They're from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee. Um, Hi-Fi Cafe. I've seen them at. I've seen them at um, Cactus Club. You know, I was your just usual, say some of the smaller ones. Yeah. yeah, some of your smaller venues. And uh, I also seen them at uh, one of the side rave stages which was pretty cool and sure. i don't remember who they opened for but it was like an amazing show yeah and and again you know this band is uh i mean milwaukee staple uh, if you if you've been around uh uh you know the the milwaukee kind of punk scene or something uh you should be really no uh no stranger to uh the the, the different members of this band because like russ said you know promise ring was such a a huge band as well and and um Promise Ring got back together for a quick reunion run, and and so Maritime, uh, I think they've been on hiatus since then. Um, I thought maybe I had heard that they were going to announce something new, but you know this was like 2017, so it's only been a few years ago. Yeah, that, and uh, I, and I mean for me, like it was it, like that area was really something I was familiar with in Milwaukee, is the pop punk scene at the time. Obviously, yeah. my brother Monty was Subside, but also yeah. Alligator Gun. Uh, Promise Ring. I mean, there yeah. was just so many of them at the at the time. So many of them uh, that were just like pretty prominent, and and even some of the the newer bands today that kind of came up with Promise Ring and stuff that are still going and they're still mainstream. They actually talk about the fact that Promise Ring was a you know some sort of a band that they would look up to or yeah or uh, or listen to and so. that and I mean some of the more obscure ones are like the weaker bands exactly I do remember them in the odd numbers yep. kind of like smaller pop punk amazing at the time. like indie pop they punk didn't hit stuff. the blink le- blink level but they were like in that same genre yeah. which I still listen to I love that stuff so. the weaker bands are so good too so um, yeah let's jump in uh, again this is Maritime and the song is Milwaukee. My one horse town 
Again, that was Maritime. Awesome. The remnants of uh, Promise Ring, uh, just a, an amazing Milwaukee staple, uh, and and their song Milwaukee, and uh, just absolutely awesome stuff. I, I love it, and I can't say enough about it. Uh, if that really piqued your interest, definitely go listen to the rest of their catalog. Um, like I said, I think they're right now not really creating anything new. I don't think they're doing a whole lot with their with their music, but uh, I thought I had heard some rumblings. But yeah. uh, great stuff. We now move to a Wisconsin beer review. Boy, do we have an interesting one for you guys today <laughs> from uh, West Elian Brewery. Yeah, so uh, keeping in uh, in the true Halloween and fall fashion, we thought we'd bring this one out to you. Uh, it is a limited release, so get it while it's hot and while it's available. But uh, West Elian Brewing Company... Candy Corn Cream Ale. Whether you hate candy corn or love it, this beer is actually pretty good. Which we know somebody who hates it. Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Uh, in fact, he wrote, A Wisconsin brewery is now making candy corn beer. Perfect. If you love the taste of wax, but you don't have time to chew. Oh, Stephen Colbert. Unpopular opinion, in my opinion. I actually like candy corn. I don't know. Do you? Well, I do. I do around this time of year for sure because it I, I is, wouldn't eat it all year round, right? It's, yeah, but it's good, man. I actually like candy corn. Um, this this beer is actually really good. It's a cream ale, and it's five point five percent ABV. So you're not getting the you're not going to get knocked out on this. No, one. and it definitely has that fall flavor to it. I mean, right out, right off the bat, I'm getting the candy corn like high sugar content of candy corn. When you open that first bag of candy corn, it's kind of like opening this beer. And apparently, and, and this was something that uh, that they had actually uh, confirmed that. They didn't use real candy corn in it. They actually created right uh, their own type of candy corn that that had like less a, destructive. It's, and it's like the flavoring of candy corn, right. more or less. So, yeah, I mean, this one you definitely got to check out while it's still around. I mean, hey, whether you it's hate good. it or love it, you got to try it. It's actually a good beer. I don't mind it. I think it's I think it's delicious. You know, it's a little on the sweeter side, which you know is it. Sometimes the sweeter beers kind of hurt my gut. I get a little gut rot, if you will. Yeah. 
But this one isn't too bad. You're actually getting more of the beer flavor. You're getting the hint of the candy corn. You're getting the smell of the candy corn. Um, you're getting that fall flavoring. It's kind of a darker amber, like amberish color. Right. It's kind of perfect octane for this time of year, I would say, like the viscosity, if you right. will. It's starting to pick up. You know, that's the nice thing is you're not you're not necessarily, you know, straight to your thick fucking viscosity, but um, it's definitely better than or or more thick than than your normal beer. And Eric, you've been the West Alien, right? In West Alico, what do you? What else is Dirty Stale? Yeah, the old Dirty Stale. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, they're dog friendly, uh, and you can rent out their tap room uh, for uh, for events. And so, uh, one of the things I had been there for was actually a dog birthday party. So that's pretty cool. Um, they had drinking like, beer and pups. Exactly. Like, what, else, like, who else, what else do you want in life? Thirty <laughs> dogs hanging around, and you were just sitting around trying to, you know, mix and mingle with uh, all these little you know fucking dogs running around and um and and they are great they're great there funny thing i was actually just i think it was at petco did you know they make dog beer beer for pups no it's i don't think it's not alcoholic but it's beer flavored for pups (laughs) i don't think it's alcoholic i don't know i think that might be the reason why it's dog beer yeah maybe the fact that it doesn't have alcohol (laughs) but i'm pretty sure it's like it's like a multi-beverage for pups i saw it at petco i was like have you ever seen an alcoholic dog I have seen dog that loved beer. Yeah. Like actually really enjoys Troll, beer. Troll, I think. Yeah, Trolley loved beer. Like if you had a, if you had a can open, she'd lick the top. Like it's just like that malty pup Definitely. flavor. Yeah. That would be cool. I I would try it. Yeah, I mean your dogs would love it. Maybe let's review it. <laughs> We're drinking dog beer. One of these episodes coming up. It's safe to drive and drink at the same time with that. It has like I'm pretty sure it has a sweet husky or a German shepherd on it too. It's pretty dope. So oh, I gotta lie. That's something we gotta check in on because that might be a, an okay product for us to try out. You know, pooches and brew. That's yeah, like, absolutely, dude. <laughs> heck yeah. But yeah, please go and check this one out. Obviously, limited time release. Limited, yeah. If you get a chance to make it out to West Dallas, uh, West Dallas is like the only place you can really get it from. I, I, I think know it's of. from the tap room. Yeah, yeah, you can get it from the tap room. They actually have it bottled with the candy corn label, which is what we have currently. A cool, colorful uh, uh, pumpkin-ish label. It's cool. And sorry, this may be unpopular opinion. I love candy corn. Candy corn's great. Let's keep that, you know, let's keep that alive. It's a tradition. I love candy corn. Uh, <laughs> if I see you eating it in fucking July, it's a problem. But if you if you start eating it in like September, I think I can I think I can get on board with you. And also if you want to get some vodka, get a mason jar, put vodka in it and yes. candy corn. Candy corn vodka. Do I would it. say muddle muddle it <laughs> a little bit and then put it in. It's actually pretty decent. I've made Swedish fish vodka, I've made yes. candy corn vodka, Skittles, Skittles vodka. Uh cucumber oh, your yeah. own cucumber hey, right vodka. on yeah so definitely try it out let us know what you think give us if you if you hate candy corn or love it let us know just send us a message we'll accept it if you hate candy corn we yeah, it, yeah. no hate grab a seat gather around join us for a chat how many logos you have all right folks you know what that means it's our great segment we always offer called how many locals you at? <laughs> All right, Eric, let's see what we got. It's our great segment. Uh, <laughs> this one's... Okay, it's entertaining. So let's just talk about this guy first off. Oh, yeah. He looks like Pedro Pascal with a little meth and a mullet, and uh, this is not the way. Let's throw out this. This is like... This is Scam DeLorean. <laughs> this is Bad News Bears. He, he definitely looks like... Uh, Boba a, Meth. Like a Bond villain or some <laughs> shit like... Boba meth. You could pay this guy like ten bucks and he would do just about anything. Like yeah. he's a he's a real fucking clown. Uh so a North Freedom man was arrested Sunday afternoon 
for a fifth offense OWI and exposing his genitals in public. The Cinco and the Dinko. Yeah, the Holy Cinco smokes. Dinko dog. <laughs> yeah, he's really, he's adding them together here. So uh, apparently shortly after 4.30 p.m. on Sunday, a Reedsburg uh, police uh, responded to the 1600 block of 19th Street on a complaint of a man exposing himself. Uh, spoke to witnesses and, and they found that uh, uh, the man, in fact, had been doing that and, and they found him. Because apparently it's cool that you should just stick around where you exposed yourself and Black Hawk down. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so they they found the guy, and uh, apparently this man who's forty six years old was arrested and taken to the Sauk County Jail on tentative charges of a fifth offense OWI, Oof. operating while revoked, wow. great, uh, lewd and lascivious behavior, obstructing an officer, and multiple counts of felony and misdemeanor bail jumping. So you know when wow. when, you, when you got all those charges, let's just say like just just keep your genitals alone. Like you probably don't want to show them. I mean, you know, it, dude, if you're rocking a buzz, you don't want to rock your cock out. You know. Yeah, I mean, oof, I you know I don't have a lot to say on this one. Just freaking twisted, bro. It's like he's like like I said, he's like the Mandalorian, his boba boba balls, <laughs> whatever else you want to throw at him, whatever Mandalorian boba reference, whatever whatever reference you want to throw, Mandalorian status, baby Choda, whatever you gotta throw out there, <laughs> whatever you gotta throw out there, we'll accept it. But like, I'm telling you, this guy is. Uh, first of all, he he didn't win any awards uh, as a as a good citizen beforehand, and he's not gonna win any in the future. You may be in Freedom, Wisconsin, but there's not. Freedom to show your genitalia. No, exactly. It's it. There, freedoms are still limited here, bud. Uh, you, you can get drunk if you want. Try not to drive, and definitely don't take your weenie out. Like no. that's bad. Weenies and brews like usually don't mix. I mean, I've I've been at parties where like I've pulled on my pants down, ran around. So you yeah. know what I mean, like dumb stuff. Poor, but like poor decisions have been made. Uh, dinkies have been down. Please. You know, just don't do that in public. It's just, you know, nobody's going to love the entertainment that you're trying to provide. Nobody, no, no one wants to see pubes and balls. It's not a five-star review, right. man. It's not a five-star review. Trust me. It, Some it, of us are all shaft, no balls. Some of us are all balls, no shaft. Some <laughs> of us are just full pube. Like, whatever you got. Like, just don't. No one wants to see it. Like, <laughs> if you had a package worth paying for, you would be at a place providing that entertainment but you you don't and now you're on the 19 you know whatever the 19th street you know whatever trying to just expose yourself while being drunk and that's never a good situation no you're not going to get applause uh you're going to get arrested so So, eric can you tell us a little bit like the evidence we have here 46 year old man pedro pascal mandalorian with the meth yeah boba sweat (laughs) (laughs) what do we what do we got here that's about all we have i mean he's 46 he's definitely no no fifth offense he's not a rookie fifth offense obviously he was drunk enough yeah uh revoked license so he's he has some experience he's not going to get his license back anytime soon multiple uh counts of felony and misdemeanor bail jumping so this is not his run first run with the with the police this guy is absolutely known he has a a uh, a number within the uh, the the police system. So, I mean, I kind of have a number, kind of in my opinion, like what I got here. I mean, he's drunk. He's not pass out drunk. He's kind of in that clearly. level. So, what he's do you pull got? Out drunk. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I could put together a number. I don't know how how accurate we're gonna be here. This guy doesn't seem like the four loco type. He does. He he definitely buys his liquor from the same shelf that the four local comes off of but i don't think it's four local itself drinking hams to expose to mams 
That's what he's doing here. <laughs> like, what do you, so, <laughs> so what do you, what do you got for me here? I, I mean, oh, I got a number man. here. You want to go on three in this one? Yeah, let's, let's try that. All right. Three, two, one, 14. 16. Okay. That's pretty close. I think that's fine. We'll go with the 15 local on this guy. Uh, yeah. You want to know what though? Let's, let's just throw it out there. Don't show your dinky when you got the brewskis in the belly. All right. Let's yeah. just throw it out there. I mean, we've all, we've all had that like, oh man, I'm so free. Like you're not free. There's still police officers watching you. Like, well, and, and you know, the lady walking her dog and the guy. I just you know going to the post this is 4 30 in the Walk, afternoon walking the dog showing the hog yeah i mean like not be. good i mean yeah these these fucking buns are getting ridiculous so let's just like <laughs> throw it out there <laughs> like, i i i love the idea uh however you know nobody's gonna take you know that kindly but you Put your dick away and in mandalorian this is not the way this 15 is not local the way. eric selling that goddamn <laughs> gavel All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home. home.